you, you want to see something really scary? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 157 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back with a brand new remotely recorded episode because the world is on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, so what, what is this? Is this three episodes now? Is that all? It feels like it's been more. Yeah, I mean, maybe it has. Like, I don't. I don't understand time anymore. It's not. Time is a construct. Made up. <laughs> it is. Made up by COVID-19. <laughs> so we're trying something new and we're hoping it works out because typically we'd be doing this over the phone and then recording separately through our, you know, our separate microphones and our separate computers. But now we're using this fancy new thing that the kids are using called Zoom. Zoom, um, Zoom, Zoom. Um, you zoom 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 is that that stupid show it's from scrubs oh right 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 I thought you were talking about that dumb show that was on for what like 30 years speaking of scrubs R.I.P. Sam Lloyd yeah man that fucking sucks yeah fucking Teddy Buckland from scrubs he uh, passed away recently I don't know if it's not horror related, but <laughs> we're both fans of Scrubs, and I'm sure that maybe somebody else is a fan that's listening to this. If you listen to this, you probably do. It, that, it, it's, it's our kind of humor. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man, he got he got a raw deal. That's like so he had he had brain cancer, um, and he was diagnosed last year, I think. No, it was earlier this year. Was it this year? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like by the time they caught it, he like it had already metastasized down to his jaw, into his spine, in his lungs, his liver, and his pancreas. I think. Everything. Yeah, he got. And it, it, it's, it's a real bummer because, um, I mean, for that to happen to anyone, it's it's terrible. But from the accounts of people that knew him, like, you know, Scrubs cast members and just people that knew him in their day-to-day life, he sounds like he was like a, a genuinely really nice guy. Um, he was, you know, relatively young. He was only 56 years old. Yeah. Um, and I think I read that his he and his wife just had their first kid last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Right. Yeah, what a what a real bummer. Yeah. He's like one of the highlights of, of Scrubs. And, he really was. But anyway, so yeah, 
R.I.P. One love. Anyway, so what's new with you, Taylor? Uh, we got a new TV stand. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> uh, sm- small victories, you know. <laughs> and we uh we went out and got a new bathroom faucet, so that's exciting. Fancy. <laughs> I'm not sure if I like it. I haven't I haven't put it in yet, but it's like, you know, most faucets they've got a, a round output, so you just get kind of get this round stream of water. This one's it's it's like a slot. And, yeah, it's all slotty. Know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so slotty, slotty as fuck. Um, Is it a loose slot? No, surprisingly, it's very tight. It's a very tight slot. Um, but you know, they, they don't really just. It's not something you can sample. You know, you can't test it out <laughs> before you buy it. It's like, you can't test drive it like a car, right? Um, so it's like I don't know if I'm gonna like it or not. The wife picked it out, so we'll see. But I also replaced the uh, the strainer baskets in our kitchen sink. So, oh man, <laughs> party over there! You know, I'm we're we're adulting pretty hard over here. Um, we're talking like we're talking about like how we wanted to replace the bathroom faucet. And that led into, you know, well, I want to replace the whole vanity at some point too. And that then in turn turned into like, oh, we got to redo the whole bathroom. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) This is turning into a thing. Let's start with the faucet. Um, Anyway. But yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on now. Uh, And you know, what would we be doing this weekend, Taylor, if it weren't for this fucking coronavirus? Oh, this is fucking Crypticon weekend. It is Crypticon weekend, yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, and I don't know if you've been tracking it, but like all all of our Crypticon family uh, on like Facebook and Instagram, they're just kind of not griping, but kind of grieving about it. It's just yeah. like, no. It's rescheduled for September. I'm not sure if we've mentioned that on the show before, but um, you know, provided that we are allowed to be social humans again by September, that should go off without a hitch. I mean, but, that's going to be phase four. Phase yeah. four is best case scenario starting early August. Right. So it's a strong possibility at this point, I don't rule anything out. Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're directly involved with it because WAC is being affected by it too. So, our our governor recently uh, released his new plan. He extended our stay at home order to the end of May, and I guess it's going to be this phasing in is going to be starting before then, right? I'm under the impression it starts June first. Yeah. Is it okay? Well, maybe I misunderstood, but basically, I think he's- the the four phase plan starts after the stay at home order. So the stay at home oh. stay at home order goes in place until the thirty first, and then the plan kicks in June first. Well, fuck a duck. Yep. Anyway, so but there's a four phase plan where 
basically he's going to start allowing larger and larger groups. Um, and he's doing it in phases that aren't set by calendar dates. They're set by how the statistics look. He's saying that each phase is going to be no shorter than three weeks. Um, and it's going to be dependent on, was it new, like infection rates or is it going to be, or, or new infections? I think so. Yeah. So, um, we've got that to, to deal with. So basically we're going to be locked up in our houses for another month at least. And then we can't actually do fun stuff <laughs> until the end of summer. Like even us recording in person would be phase two. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we were hoping this is going to be our last uh, remote recording, but it's kind of looking like we might be doing at least a couple more. Yeah. So probably until mid next month, at least. Neat. The stay at home order presumably ends on my birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Hey, or I mean, I don't know. It says it goes I'm going to get you an e-cake. An e-cake. Yep. It's just a picture of a cake. <laughs> I'll pretend to enjoy it. I'll, I'll like, I'll, we can do one of these zoom meetings and like, you can see me pretending to enjoy it. Or we'll do a zoom meeting and I'll eat the cake in front of you. <laughs> I'll just be like, mm, that looks pretty good. What, what kind of cake is that? How's it taste? <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so fun times. You'll be all like, you'll be all, where's my cake, Bedelia? Uh, like from the creep show. Yeah, the the creep show. <laughs> um, anyway, anything else? I mean, there, there was a couple things that I was going to put as stories, but there's not really any news about them. Uh, like Del Toro and Overdahl said they're coming back for Scary Stories too, but that's it. That's the whole story. I guess we could probably could have seen that coming, even though it wasn't very good. Everyone's calling it Scary Stories Tell in the Dark too, and I'm like, it has to be called More Scaries to Tell in the Dark, right? You'd think. I mean, if they're going to follow the trend. And then, like, the other thing was Fide Alvarez was like, yeah, Evil Dead 2 would have been Ash and Mia teaming up. And all the horror sites are like, oh, my God, Ash and Mia teaming up. And I'm like, yeah, we knew that. <laughs> like, they, they said that. Yeah. A long time ago. Right. And now, is he saying it it would have been because, because Bruce isn't doing it anymore or because he's just accepted that it's never going to happen? Yeah, a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> I wish that people would just stop blowing smoke up our asses. It's like, it's not going to happen. We know. Just say it. Yeah. I mean, something, there's so many moving parts and it's like, we want to do this, but they can't get a studio backing or they can't get financing or whatever. So it's not totally their fault. But at the same time, if it's not set in stone, don't fucking talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Kevin you, you Smith. Know. <laughs> well, he's a pothead. That's <laughs> that's to be expected from him. But you know, it's like 
especially the stuff surrounding Sam Raimi. Like he'll he'll talk about Evil Dead stuff. It's like it's it's almost like he does it just to keep interest so people don't forget about Evil Dead. Yeah. But he really has no intention of actually doing any of it. Very possible. Anyway. Uh, so I guess before we go any further, I want to thank some uh, special folks, our grave diggers over on Patreon, ones that help support this show, even though <laughs> lately we haven't really been giving much back. <laughs> uh, you know, like actually, we should, this- do, we should do something special since you're fucking slacking off. <laughs> like what? I don't know, like um, a Zoom drunken cinema or something. Just invite them all in. We could do a Netflix party. We could. That's just a chat, though. Or uh, there's also something called uh, I think it's Scener. It's another Chrome extension, but it has video. Um, tried to use it once before, and it was kind of janky. But I think they've made some improvements. I don't know. We'd have to test it out. But it, it's basically a Netflix party, except it has video too. So I don't know. We could try it out, maybe. Maybe. I noticed that all these uh, like other streaming sites like Amazon and Hulu and stuff, if you try to cast the video into a Zoom meeting, like do screen share, it, it, the video disappears. Oh, really? Yeah. Cheeky fuckers. It's like I wonder if they already had that programmed in for people that would re- like record their screens or something or if that's a new thing that they just developed on the fly. <laughs> but anyway... So our grave diggers over on Patreon help support the show financially. Um, it's not an expensive show that we run here, but uh, it does cost money. So uh, these people help a lot. Uh, they are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. So thank you so much, guys, for your continued support. Even though, let's uh, I'll just uh, even though I am a slacker. <laughs> I won't put it on Taylor. It's entirely my fault. Um, it is. <laughs> thank you, Taylor. I'm glad we agree. Uh, <laughs> I'm not taking the fall for this. <laughs> um, you know, like this week, like I was on like Monday. I'm like, you know what? This week I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get at least one of those videos done. But then this was like the worst week ever at work. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess what's another week at least. <laughs> anyway, uh, Taylor, if, if we start losing patrons, if we start losing patrons, then I'm coming for your ass. I'll, I, I, I'll get them done. You know, it would be nice is if I, because I've got, I'm, I'm sitting, I got my work set up here at, at my house. Um, so I've got uh, dual monitors, but I can't hook my personal laptop up to my docking station. It's like geared only for my, my work laptop. Um, so I'd have to get like another kind of docking station that would work with my computer. But it'd be nice to be able to actually work on two large screens because Trying to edit video on one tiny little laptop screen is a pain in the ass. I bet. Anyway, if anybody else wants to uh, give their money to us, <laughs> where can they go? 
you know who else? Uh, if anyone else wants to <laughs> donate to the show, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. I would say you could get some perks, but at this point, we know that's not true. So give us money. There are, there are the old ones that they can watch. <laughs> the new people access to back uh, back video reviews that we used to do. <laughs> and uh, if you give us $100, uh, someday I'll get a tattoo of a, f- a fat unicorn on my ass whenever they let us do that again. Yeah. And, you know, I've said it before in the last couple episodes, but – and I bring it up every time t- Taylor mentions the tattoos because places like tattoo shops, which are, you know, small cell phone businesses um, in not just our state but almost every other state in the country – uh, they can't operate right now. They've had to shut down. And this doesn't just, I mean, this applies to all small businesses that are, um, you know, independently run. They are just, they're in hard times. So if you can support comp- uh, small businesses in your area, please do so because God knows they could use our help. Because a lot of them, you know, they don't, because they're uh, business owners, they don't ha- get unemployment insurance, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they can't, um, a, a lot of them, you know, they, they didn't receive the stimulus. Um, a lot of people are still waiting on their stimulus checks. Um, a they're just <laughs> so, but it, you know, if you're like, like in our position where we're still working, but we got our stimulus checks, make sure that you try to give at least some of it, uh, to uh, people that are having kind of a hard time. Um, and while oh, we're on the thing. subject, while we're while we're on the subject, uh, I want to give a shout out to independent wrestlers. You know, they they can't work right now. A lot of them, that's that's their job. So uh, think about going over to like prowrestlingtees.com and buying some of their merch. If your favorite uh, independent wrestler doesn't have a PWT store, maybe just hit them up on Twitter and ask them how you can buy merch from them. There you go. And one more thing, I want to mention. Um, this is while well, we're recording on the second of May. So uh, we're in a brand new month, and May is also Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. Um, those of you that might be newer to the show or not are not already aware, I did lose my brother. Was uh, it five years ago? Wow, I'm losing track of time. Five years ago, um, to cystic fibrosis. He was only twenty-eight years old, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's 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 rough. I mean, it, a lot of kids were not are not as fortunate as my brother was to have a long that that long of a life. Some people do live into their older years, but most people have a very stunted uh, lifespan. Um, there have been like the the research that goes into donations coming from the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation um, have helped propel research into the disease like by leaps and bounds recently they released trichaftra um which is a brand new drug that is shown to not just treat symptoms but actually um like completely um un like not undo them because the the trick with cystic fibrosis is is it's a genetic disease it's coded into your dna so it's not as simple as you know like cancer where you can have radiation and uh, chemotherapy to get rid of it because it's a foreign sub entity in your, in your body. Cystic fibrosis is something you're born with. So 
developing a drug that will actually nullify the symptoms of it is revolutionary. Um, but it's not a cure. It's, it, and it doesn't work for everyone. So um, fighting the battle of curing cystic fibrosis is an ongoing thing. So um, if, you, if you have that stimmy, if you have that stimmy money, head over to cff.org and uh, donate today. Or I think we even have a link on our website, right? Or is it still there? I don't know. But I can put one on the show notes. Okay. Either way, if there's something on our site, you can go there, or you can just go straight to cff.org and donate from there. And uh, if you if you let us know that you did, we'll send you uh, a magnet. How about that? How about that? Yeah, you know, we for was two two or three years. What three years? They, I was I was making CFF month. Or, uh, sorry, yeah, CF month uh, t-shirts, but just I have not had time to make a new design in a while. You could ask Matt; he probably has nothing but time. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, maybe next year. All right. Anything else you want to uh, attend to before we jump into things? Nope. All right. Let's start out with some horror business. So, starting out in real world horror. Um, so, hey, you know, wait, wait. Corona- before you get started, we had pick of the litter for real world horror this week. Oh, I'm sure. It's because a fucking disaster out there. Yeah, the world is on fire. So it was either this or the Pentagon declassifying UFO videos or Alex Jones, distraction. Alex Jones threatening to eat his neighbors or... Yep. The new one that just came out yesterday, Murder Hornets. <laughs> Murder Hornets. <laughs> there's got to well, obviously there's a story behind that. Yeah, they're bees that can they they can sting you forever. They don't die when they sting you. They just sting you and sting you and sting you. Yeah, uh, one guy who got stung described it as having red hot thumbtacks shoved into your skin. Neat. And then they have faces like in blade two, they go like this and they just bite other bees heads off. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. And they're called murder hornets. Well, it's an apt name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe in slightly less terrifying news, (laughs) Than aliens or cannibalism or murder, murder hornets. <laughs> well, as I said, the whole world's on fire right now. Um, and that's how about yours? That's the way I like it, and I'll never get bored. <laughs> yep. Hey, now you're an all star. <laughs> I showed you that video where it where the hits stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming, right? No, I showed you that that video. You did? 
yeah. And we both had the same reaction, which was, why did I watch the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> I've poisoned my family members with it, too. It spreads like a disease. It's like, when do they say ribs? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so, I mean, obviously, for those of you stuck in a little bubble, the U.S. is not the only country being affected by coronavirus. The entire world has, I think, hasn't every country in the world reported at least one case, one case at this point? Or was it every? I don't know. I don't know. That seems like a bold claim. I could be wrong. Anyway, well. Every uh, country confirmed. No. <laughs> That's what we do. We make bold claims, but then we just have no fact checks. <laughs> Um, well, over in Indonesia, there, you know, like any, like anywhere else, especially here, because we've got you know gun-toting rednecks that just need to, you know, get out of the house. They they demand to go fishing is is their is their thing, and it's like you know I have I hear people saying, well, it's like these small business owners they need to get back to work, and you know people are losing money, and it's like I get that, but people are dying, right, huh. and. But then there's these people out there that like, and this is, this is something that bugs me about the left. They use, they constantly use this example. And I think it's kind of misleading is that the right is saying, Oh, we want to, we want to go fishing. We want to go get our hair done. And you know, this kind of shit. It's like, yeah, there are people saying that, but saying that that's everyone is really misleading. Yeah. I mean, you've got these people storming into government buildings with these automatic rifles. Right. And it's like, why is this being allowed? Because people can have guns, apparently. (laughs) Did I send you the Reddit post of somebody photoshopping dildos over all the guns? (laughs) No. I'll send it to you. All right. Anyway, well, um, like any other country, Indonesia is being hit pretty hard. Um, people are under quarantine. But, you know, whereas people are violating quarantine in the U.S. and they're going to Capitol buildings with their guns and, you know, uh, going to parks and, you know, all the stuff that they're not supposed to do, Indonesia is taking a little bit of a, a more aggressive tact. Um, according to the Jakarta Post, uh, Kusinder Utung Yuni Sukwati, an Indonesian politi- politician, is trying to scare people into obeying quarantine rules by threatening to lock them inside haunted houses if they violate the quarantine. I think it would, be, it would be scarier if it was like McKamey Manor. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, you know, there are things that will actually hurt you there. Right. Um, Sukwati said to the AFP, uh, if there is an empty and haunted house in the village, put people in there and lock them up. Throw away the key. (laughs) Lock them up. Lock them up. This is a politician, an elected official, presumably, that is threatening people with haunted houses. Yeah, but... This is real life, Taylor. In Indonesia, it's like a big part of the culture, though. 
Haunted houses? Well, supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, we have the luxury of, like, being a less uh, God-fearing country. I mean, there are there are God-fearing people in this country, and they tend to be in power at this time, but um, we we tend to have more of a rational mind, I guess, as, as a people. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like Taylor said, uh, belief in the supernatural is an intrinsic... Intrinsic... Intris- intrinsic. Thank you. <laughs> Part of Indonesian culture. They take this very seriously, and no one would want to be locked inside a home that was considered haunted. The country has already used the belief in the Pokong, a ghost, which is a ghost that is trapped in its burial shroud, unable to move into the afterlife. uh, And they use that for their efforts to uh, increase social distancing. I'm not sure I get that. uh, Well, I mean... Like, if you don't social distance, the Pokong is going to get you? or (laughs) It's like, are you... Are we supposed to presume that you have the Pokong on the payroll? (laughs) (laughs) Are you paying this ghost to attack people that are not social distancing? (laughs) A man-made rule? Man, Trump's going to hear about this and he's going to start doing it. (laughs) He'll be all like, if you don't social distance, the boogie man, he'll get you. The boogie It's going to be so bad. It's going to be tremendously bad. (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you. No one wants the Boogity Man. I know. I know the Boogity Man. The Boogity Man is a good friend of mine. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> uh, I just have this like part in my brain that truly b- believes that all the shitty people and entities all know each other. They all have like a secret <laughs> club. Like the Stonecutters. <laughs> right. <laughs> We do. Or what what was that? uh, I mean, it was still The Simpsons, but it was like, like Montgomery Burns was part of it. And then uh, Dracula was in it too. Yeah. What was that? They like had their meetings inside a volcano or something. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I know what you mean, but I don't don't remember if they even had a name. (sighs) Can't think. Like, I barely remember anything about it. Um, uh, Sukawati uh, instructed local authorities to use any abandoned house that was believed to be haunted in these efforts. And as of April 21st, 2020, five people had been subjected to this unusual form of house arrest. And if you can make it through the night, you win a million dollars. Right. <laughs> I wonder what the Indonesian um, Vincent Price looks like. <laughs> Um, uh, in Sepat village, three residents have been quarantined under these measures so far. And the Jakarta post quoted one man who found himself in this spooky lockdown as saying, I know this is for everyone's safety. Lesson learned. Imagine it being that easy, right? Just threatening somebody with a ghost. (laughs) Say, Hey, you don't do this. Or we'll haunt you. Uh, Man, people are crazy. 
It's a weird time to be alive. Right? And I feel like there's there's stuff in the world that's already weird. And I feel like having the, the coronavirus just blanketing the world is like amplifying all the weird shit that already happens. Kind of seems that way, yeah. Anyway. Anything else to add? Spooky. Spooky scary. <laughs> Spoopy. So every time I try and think of the old Goosebumps TV show theme, my brain always goes to the Gremlins theme. <laughs> They're very they similar. Are. It's like dun 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 dun. That's Gremlins, yeah. And then Goosebumps <laughs> was da da dun da da dun da da da. Like. Dun 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 dun. And then there was a Let's dog talk about that would bark minutes. part of it. There was a right. dog, and he'd be like, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> <laughs> and its eyes would glow. It was uh, it was probably the dog that barked jingle bells. They got the same dog to come in and do it. <laughs> it's like we got to get that dog. <laughs> That's that's quite the skill. <laughs> I saw him on Letterman. We got to get him. He did jingle bells. He's a dog. His ability to stay on key is impeccable. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? You're probably asking. Well, turns. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're going somewhere. <laughs> Turns out there's going to be a new Goosebumps TV show coming from Scholastic Entertainment, teaming up with Neil H. Moritz, who produced the Goosebumps movies, as well as Sony Pictures, where the movies were produced. Like the original, this is going to be a live action series. There is no more details as to what the series is going to entail, but... Moritz promises, quote, a high-end television series that speaks to both both adults and kids alike. Connected. Like, they're not... Like the stories don't really fit together. Oh, they don't? No. I thought they would, at least tenuously, but, I mean, the only connection is Jack Black. Weird. But, anyway, p- point was, is that those movies, like I said, as long as you're willing to accept that it's not going to be just like a mainline horror movie. You can enjoy it whether you, whether you're a kid or an adult. So I guess doing that for a TV show isn't that far fetched. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I mean, we're, uh, you know, talking about the original, the original was number one for five seasons in the nineties. It was an anthology I have to assume the new one will be an anthology. It doesn't really make sense to have it be serial. Yeah. I think people would lose interest. And plus you want to see like classic goosebumps tales, you know? 
Right. Like the, the thing in the basement and uh, the one with the mask. Yeah, and others. <laughs> and Slappy. <laughs> um, I remember when, so you know, Channel 13 here is Fox. It's uh, the local Fox affiliate. And back when we were kids, they had the Q13 Kids Club. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and so they would they would show Goosebumps like on like Saturday afternoons or something like that. And every once in a while, they'd hold like a call-in contest. And like one day, one day, they were giving away a VHS of uh, the mask or the the is it just called the mask? No, <laughs> definitely not. I I think it's just the haunted mask. Uh, that sounds more more like it, I guess. But yeah, they're giving away a VHS copy of it, um, and uh, and you had to be like the thirteenth caller. So I uh, I called in just on a whim, totally not expecting to win. And I the guy picked up. He's like, "Hello, I'm like, uh, is this uh, is this Q thirteen? Yes." Like, uh, I just saw a commercial to call in. You could win the Goosebumps tape. He's like, you're right. You won. I'm like, what? It's like, you won. Seriously? Yeah. And then he had me give him, his, give him my address, which, you know, in hindsight was a bad idea. I shouldn't be giving some random adult over the phone my address. <laughs> but it was a different time, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that was an awesome story. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> um, Neil Moritz says, I loved making the Goosebumps movies, and I can't wait to bring even more of R.L. Stein's incredible stories to life through a high-end television series that speaks to both adults and kids alike. Oh, that's repetitive. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, so send Tony a VHS of this. <laughs> Only VHS. He'll just give you his address. He doesn't give a fuck. All right, so horror fans have probably already heard about this because it was pretty big news when they announced it, but um, HBO has announced that they're going to be uh, uh, developing a Hellraiser TV series on HBO. But uh, what you got going on there, bud? (laughs) Hand banana. Video was a bad idea. <laughs> um, um, lost my place. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So HBO has announced they're going to be developing a Hellraiser series. Um, and uh, who better to to head it up but the creator of the new Halloween? So that's not really a good term like no i don't think that's right (laughs) writer and director of the new halloween there we go uh david gordon green 
is going to be heading up the pilot, and uh, he's going to direct. Uh, s- looks like several other episodes along the way. Some yeah. episodes. <clears throat> uh, the series will be written by genre and action vets Mark Verheiden uh, from Verheiden. Huh? Verheiden. Verheiden. Uh, from Battlestar Galactica, Daredevil, and Heroes. And get this, Michael Doherty. Oh. What? What? <laughs> um, if you don't know who Michael Doherty is, if you listen to the show, then just get the fuck out of here. It's funny because all the genre sites and all the comments were like, oh my god, David Gordon Green is going to direct one episode. And I'm like, uh, Michael Doherty is writing the fucking yeah. thing. Let's get excited like, about the right shit here. That's that's probably why fucking Trick or Treat 2 has been made yet, because people just aren't hype on him. And they're just, like, fucking up. And he keeps making other things. That's true. Michael Doherty, um, give us Trick or Treat 2. That, that's all we want. That's we all don't we want, want you to do. I don't give a shit I about Godzilla. I don't give a shit about... Well, I do give a shit about Hellraiser, but... <laughs> I just I don't want you to make anything else ever until Trick or Treat Two comes out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that that is my only concern. Cosine. I care about yeah. I care about nothing else that you could possibly do. Um, let's see. The producers have put together the right the rights package last June, um, based on the Hellraiser film franchise which is, of course, uh, came from Clive Barker's novella, The Hellbound Heart. <clears throat> um, the idea is to create an elevated con- uh, elevated continuation of the an expansion of the well-established Hellraiser mythology. It is by no means a remake, but rather assumes the past mythology to be a given. So... It makes me wonder if like, they're going to be doing what people have wanted them to do with the Hellraiser movies and not focus so much on Pinhead, but rather other Cenobites or, you know, other going on in hell. But I mean, there's, there's so much more to Hellraiser than just Pinhead, but that's, that's all they ever seem to want to use. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've, this is well-worn territory even on our show, but Pinhead as a character was not like the main focus in the original story. And he even wasn't, wasn't even supposed to be in the original Hellraiser, like the, the film. It just happened that way. It's like, that's what people latched onto. And he became a thing. Um, He became marketable. Exactly. Like he wasn't even named pinhead. I mean, that's kind of a, 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 a year one (laughs) factoid, but, um, he was, you know, in in the original novella in the first film, he wasn't called Pinhead; he was called Hell Priest. Um, so anyway, uh, there is a separate Hellraiser film project in production or in development at Spyglass uh, that is not related to the series. So we've kind of got a child's play type situation going on. Good. That won't confuse anyone. <laughs> Um, I hate it when they do that. Me too. It's like unify your shit. 
right? But it's like with this, I don't really know which one to like have allegiance to. This one has Doherty, so that's something. This 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 makes me nervous. How so? Well, the word elevated right off the bat gives me pause. Yeah, that's just one of those douchey buzzwords. Yeah. And then this assumes the past mythology to be a given. What does that even fucking mean? I think maybe it's just not going to rehash stuff that's already been covered in other movies, maybe. Kind of like um, take like like Spider-Man when they just rebooted him in in Civil War, didn't do the whole origin story over again. Maybe something similar to that, I would think. So just call it a it's sequel. It's going to be like, huh? Just say it's a sequel. Everything's got to have its own um, weight to it, I guess. Like, nobody wants to make a remake. That's, that's where all those stupid fucking uh, words came from. Re- reboot. Reimagining. It's like, because nobody just wants to make a remake. Or, you know, nobody wants... And nobody wants to make a sequel because they want it to be their own. If the past mythology is a given, then by definition, it's a sequel. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like if we were, like, executives at a studio and somebody brought, brought us this, it's just like, hey, you know what? If you want to do Hellraiser, great. I'm all for it. But don't fucking piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's an elevated story get out <laughs> whereas you know somebody comes into a pitch meeting with real executives like elevated huh tell me more <laughs> anyway so uh, I don't know I mean Hellraiser fans have at least two things to maybe look forward to Clyde Barker as far as I know isn't involved in either one is this going to be on HBO uh, Go or Now or Max? I, I don't know. Can it just be on regular HBO? <laughs> Does that even still exist? I think so. That's where they put uh, Watchmen. The HBO? Oh, what? The HBO? HBO? Home Books Office? Home Books Office. All right. That's it. So, a zombie movie that Tony and I both actually quite enjoyed was the South Korean? Yes? Correct. (laughs) Nobody would watch a North Korean movie. (laughs) It would just be like Kim Jong-un riding a horse, (laughs) killing zombies. Talking about how awful America is. Except for his good friend Donald Trump. Right. And Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Train to Busan. That's where I'm going with this. The director, Yong Sang-ho, is collaborating with illustrated Choi Yong-suk for an all-new Netflix series called Hellbound. Sang-ho is obviously going to direct. This is based on a Korean webtoon called Hell. 
Okay. The series will tell the story of surviving under social chaos while supernatural beings appear and condemn people to hell, while a religious group interprets them as the will of the divine. God's will. <laughs> Ran over the kid in the driveway. Ah, God's will. What unfolds through this crisis is an intense and highly charged story about people who survive under conditions of utter social chaos. Hey, I can relate. Yeah, so it's it's coronavirus. <laughs> it's demons in the time of coronavirus. It's demons, you said? Well, supernatural beings that right. condemn people to hell. That, that's demons to me. Could be anything. We don't really know. It's true. It's unclear if this is going to be animated or live action, uh, but it's, it, you know, it's based on a webtoon, so it could very well be animated. It seems redundant if they're just going to make a, make a cartoon out of a cartoon. It's like, what, what are you even doing? Yeah. Unless they just Americanize it. Yeah. But then why would you hire a South Korean director? Right. Uh, and, you know, there, there is so much um, foreign stuff on Netflix now. I mean, not, not oh, just Netflix, <laughs> but I mean, if you, if you flip through um, like, you know, horror movies or um, even comedy, like if you go to like to the end of the list, it's all like just tons and tons of horror, like um, uh, foreign films. And I, they, they, they market them as Netflix originals. So, it, you know, this could very well not even be, you know, Americanized. It very well could be Korean and, you know, maybe even in the Korean language and just be dubbed or uh, subtitled into English. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, if it is animated, it wouldn't be the first time that Sang Ho has worked with animation because the sequel to Train to Busan, Soul Station, was animated. Right. Was he involved in that? I think he was the director. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense. It's wood. Cool. So, uh, so you, you on board? Get it? On board. Train, train <laughs> to Busan. Train, I got it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sure. It's, you know, it, it's funny. I'm not a religious person you know, whatsoever, but... Um, Horror, especially that focuses around re religious lore, I guess, you know, mythology. I always, I always find it really fascinating and and fun to an extent. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if it's on Netflix, you know, it's not like I'm paying anything for it, except for you know what you are paying for it. Right. Right. But I'm paying for it. <laughs> oh, do you have someone else's password? Yeah, like we we use so we use her, uh, Kristen's parents' Netflix, and then they use our our Hulu. Oh well, that's fair. <clears throat> you know, so it's fair. Yeah, even trade. <laughs> I'd say anything you're getting screwed because Hulu is more expensive. It is. We we spend like thirty bucks a month on Hulu because we have thirty bucks. Uh, the, yeah, we have like the, we have the ad free one, um, and then on top of that, we have the HBO channel. So altogether, it's thirty bucks. Shit. So it's all, I know it's a lot of fucking money to spend on 
HBO. It's like Prime doesn't even cost me that much or Prime Video. Yeah, I got the the package with Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN, and it's like thirteen dollars a month. Yeah, we should have done that. Like, because I signed up for Disney Plus when I think I think it was still during. No, no, sorry. It was like the first couple of days that it had been out, um, and I didn't know you could link your accounts, so I just signed up for it. Um. And yeah, now so now I'm now I'm paying for them separately. So that's my story. Womp womp. <laughs> anyway, cool. Anything else? Hellbound. Get it. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, so Taylor, sir, do you remember when we first heard of Quibi and we're like, what the fuck is even is Quibi? Yes. And for months, for months, we were like, yeah, we were like, what is there's this new show coming to Quibi? And we were like, what the fuck is Quibi? Like, I've never heard of Quibi. Well, Quibi came out. It has a slew of shows. We talked about. We finally know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So Quibi, the name is short for Quick Bites, which is supposed to imply that they are TV, they're, they're series that, you know, their episodes are 10 minutes or less. It's supposed to be something you can do you know, while you're riding the bus, um, while you're taking a shit, just something to, to pass a few minutes. It's not, you know, without having to sit down and make a commitment to a a show for a half an hour or an hour. The premise, let's call it what it is. It's TV for zoomers. Sure. Yeah. People are short attention spans. Yeah. Um, but you know, they've got a bunch of TV shows and they brought back some old shows. Do you know that? Yeah. Like they have punked. Yeah. Which I don't know how I don't know how they did that in ten minutes or less, but and now I just saw they have Reno nine one one. I saw there's new episodes or coming soon or something. Which is so weird. And I think there's a, a few other ones like old TV shows that you'd recognize that they brought back in this short format. But along with that they have a lot of uh um horror related shows. Kristen tried to watch one of the um, where they tried to flip a, a murder house. Oh yeah, she but she kept trying to cast it to our TV and that wasn't working. So she, I think she just gave up. <laughs> um, anyway, but Quibi has announced a new horror anthology series called Horror Accidental. Uh, it's being developed by Evan Darty from uh, Divergent and Tomb Raider. I don't know which Tomb Raider that was. Probably the new one. Um, let's see, it's based on the Japanese TV drama series Horror Accidental 1 and 2, which is produced by Fuji Television Network Incorporated. Uh, the series was made exclusively for exclusively for mobile viewing and the highlights or and highlights everyday situations normal people find themselves in. 
and the horrific possibilities that lurk around every corner in our modern world. I'm not sure if I want to see that. It is the new like, Tomb Raider, by the way. It is, okay. He also wrote the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Platinum Dunes one. I don't like that. I didn't see Divergent, but I like I didn't see it because it looked stupid. <laughs> He's also writing a remake of Anaconda. Oh, you mean that hotly anticipated, widely asked for remake of of a, of a classic nineteen late late nineteen nineties film? That's the one. That classic Ice Cube vehicle. <laughs> I was going to say Jennifer Lopez vehicle, but. <laughs> Um, I mean, the two of them together. How can you lose? <laughs> hey, they made, what, two more of those fucking movies? It made a million dollars. Let's see. But yeah, like something that just focuses on like mundane going is on and in, in just day-to-day life and like all the bad things that can happen. It's like, Jesus I don't want to see that. <laughs> like COVID? <laughs> um, Horror Accidental is produced by Gunpowder and Sky's horror brand Alter. Uh, Gunpowder and Sky is also producing Quibi's 50 States of Frights anthology from Sam Raimi. I've heard that's good. Did we ever talk about that? I don't think so. That's weird. That seems like something we talk about. We're probably like, no, we need to break from Quibi. <laughs> There was a while where we talked about Quibi just about every episode. Because they kept saying they're making all these horror shows, and it's like, what is what even is this? <laughs> where do I watch a Quibi? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I think Quibi is free, but you can also get like a premium membership. No, I don't think so. Have you looked into it at all? No. I think it's it costs money, but I think there's like a like a ninety day free trial or something ridiculous like that. Oh, okay. Maybe that was what it was. Because I know, I know my wife didn't pay for it, so maybe she just signed up for a free trial or something. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's like ninety days. Gosh, I mean, with Quibbies, that's like a thousand Quibbies. <laughs> can, can watch a shitload of Quibbies. So, I, I guess the point of all that was look out for the remake of Anaconda. <laughs> Coming soon <laughs> to Quibi. <laughs> so we saved the best story for last year. I am very curious about this. Me too. If we hadn't already done it, I probably would would want to go for this. Right? I'm pretty sure we've talked before about it on the show. If we haven't talked about it on the show, then if you were at the Grave Flat Film Fest, you're aware. But there's an escape room company here in Seattle called Hourglass Escapes, and they have the only officially licensed Evil Dead 2 escape room. Your boys went through it. We solved that bitch. Because, come on, you know. Look who you're talking to. We even skipped clues because we're like, we don't need that. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like when we went through it, 
like Seth, the owner, um, who, who was gracious enough to let us try it out before it had been, um, well, no, I guess they were, it was already open to the public at that time, but they're still kind of banging out the smaller details. So I feel like he wanted us to kind of check it out to look for stuff like that, where there are clues that could be easily skipped. Yeah. I think it was just us. It's one of those things where if you didn't know the movie as well as we do, you probably wouldn't have been able to get to skip the clues. That's true. Anyway, just like everyone else, escape rooms are being hit by this whole pandemic. They're having to close down because they can't have groups of people in small spaces. So the Evil Dead 2 escape room is being adapted into a video escape room. According to Thomas Parslow at livevideoescaperooms.com, live video escape rooms are a new way to play escape rooms with your friends from the comfort and safety of your own home. Guide a host via live video to explore, solve puzzles, and uncover mysteries. Gather a team as your friends join via video link from their homes. Basically, what this is, is you get assigned a guide who has a camera and they act as like an avatar. You book online, you, ha- you then you go to a Zoom meeting and you guide this person through the room and you tell them what to do, what to turn, lift, twist, shove up their butt, whatever, whatever people do. <laughs> they probably won't put things up their butts for you. Probably not. That's extra. <laughs> That's that's yeah that's that's live video escape rooms plus <laughs> the premium edition. <laughs> you can do this for groups of three to six people. Uh, you don't even have to be in the same room as your group. You you, you could play with a friend in Vietnam. <laughs> well done. <laughs> nice reference. I thought so. When players. Enter the all-too-familiar cabin in the woods. They have until dawn, or 70 minutes, whichever comes first, to find the Kandarian dagger and destroy the Book of the Dead before the evil dead swallows their souls. Swallow your soul! Swallow your soul! Fans of the classic film can expect deadites, chainsaws, a very strange deer head, a chained-up cellar door, and plenty of horrifying surprises. Yeah, uh... I mean, I, I don't want to discourage anyone from doing this because this is pretty sweet. And especially if you, even if, you know, we weren't dealing with a, a pandemic right now, this would be cool because, you know, unless you're going to make a trip to Seattle, you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have a hard time thinking this is going to be the same as being there in person. It's, you know, it's definitely not going to be the same. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a nice alternative, but if you have the chance to do it in person, then yes, absolutely do this in person. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Tony and I did this. There's a write up on our website if if you want to go read that and get a better idea uh, of what of what those spoiler like. free. Yeah, it's spoiler free. We don't give anything away. We don't tell you any of the clues or tricks or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think I think we're pretty good friends with Seth and and people at Hourglass. Um, and, um, I just want to say, you know, in addition to what I said at the beginning of the show about supporting small businesses, um, you know, if you're in the Seattle area or are able to travel to Seattle, um, you know, once, once everything is, once you're free to move about the cabin again, um, then, 
Hourglass is actually selling. Um, they're they're basically like kind of like home escape rooms that you set up at, at your house, um, and also they do sell gift certificates on their website. So go check them out. And if if there's another how you know local um, to you company that does escape rooms, you know they're being hit hard too. So if if you have one in mind that you want to visit one day. Now would be a perfect time to get a gift certificate from them as well. Yeah. Another thing that's really cool about the Evil Dead 2 one is that it actually has appearances by Andrea Hayes from Twin Peaks, who also, by the way, worked on a little movie called They Reach. I don't know if you've heard of it. Doing a little bit. Uh, as well as Yuri Lowenthal, who is best known for doing the voice work for Spider-Man in video games and cartoons. Yeah. You know, what's weird is his his voice in the escape room, like, like I never would have picked him out. Like, I, I played the Spider-Man game. Like, he, he voiced Peter Parker, Spider-Man, in the PlayStation 4 video game. And, like, I never would have recognized his voice. He's, like, doing a he's, – he's doing a bit. He's, uh, he's doing Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is designed to emulate the already existing escape room, but as an event, there will be cinematic elements, drink ideas, snack recommendations, even a drinking game option. There's something maybe we could do with the patrons. An escape room? Although we'd have too many patrons. You know, it's interesting. Like, this is for three to six people. Wasn't the minimum recommendation for in-person four people? I think so strange and we had eight no we had six never mind we had six yeah no eight no six 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 yeah let's say because the the four of us and then max and avalon yeah so yeah check it out at hourglassescapes.com go uh go check it out oh yeah do it <clears throat> All right, guys, that's the end of horror business. We have now reached the crux of the show where we switch gears into talking about movies. Okay, guys, so we're going to be talking about a couple movies today. Uh, a few years ago, we did an episode that we dubbed Ready to Rumble. We had our good friend Max Zaleski on, and we talked about some wrestling horror movies. He's going to be mad he's not on this. Just blame it on that Rona. <laughs> what did we do then? It- we did WrestleManiac and um, Monsters Brawl. Right. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of Monsters Brawl. <clears throat> monster balls monster balls yeah um anyway so you know you'd think that wrestling horror would be a very very niche market but lo and behold there were at least two more movies for us to talk about so we are dubbing this episode ready to rumble round two um all right so taylor which one do you want to start with Let's start with the all-time classic, Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies.
We got a private gig, and they want you. Who the fuck wants a private gig in an empty prison? As of tomorrow, you've bought yourself a franchise. For one more night. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Taylor, what did you do <laughs> to me? Introduced you to a modern classic of cinema. <laughs> modern classic. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. So, pro wrestlers versus zombies. A little gem. From director Cody Knotts. Um, it was released in 2013, looks like. You know, I'm, I, I'm starting this. And, like, I know the premise. It's in the title. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I start playing it, and I see the trauma card come up at the beginning. And I'm like, of course. That checks. Out. I didn't realize this was a trauma movie. I don't think they made it. I think they just distributed it. But uh, anyway, so pro wrestlers versus zombies um, tells the, the tale of. Well, it starts out with um, you know, longtime wrestling fans will recognize uh, the franchise Shane Douglas, um, who plays himself. Like I think every familiar wrestler in this plays themselves. Yeah. 
Um, and for the most part, it's just a bunch of old timers, <laughs> guys who just aren't really in the ring anymore. Um, so it starts out in, in, the, in the the locker room of what looks like a, a gymnasium, um, and uh, during during a an independent wrestling show, we see Shane Douglas. Uh, he He's walking into the back, and this is like something you'd see during a promo. <laughs> he walks in, he sees his girlfriend uh, straddling and making out with his arch his arch nemesis, uh, Brutalizer Bill. That wasn't his name. No, it was Battling what? Billy. Yeah, Battling Billy. What was Brutalizer? Where did they even come from? Fucking Wikipedia. Y'all brutalizing me. Battle, battling Billy. Uh that's so, such a terrible wrestling name. Terrible. Like I didn't. Is that guy? He's not like a wrestler. I didn't recognize him. Did you? I don't think so. Yeah. Um. So he storms off in a in a in a hiffy or a tiffy. That's not the right word. Hi, hissy. That's a the one. A tiffy. A hiffy. <laughs> he storms off in a tizzy. In a that's the one. In a hiffy. No, we're going to use hiffy now. That's a thing now. Trademark stamped it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, he, he he's just like, uh, just chewing the scenery. Like he's punching lockers and slamming again, or like punching walls and stuff. Um, and, uh, so we got into the ring where he's going up against uh, Battling Billy. Um, the thing that cracks me up about this is that Billy looks up, sees him, and then goes right back to what he's doing. He doesn't say a word. Yeah. Meanwhile, his girlfriend doesn't even turn around. Right. <laughs> By the um, way, his girlfriend is penthouse pet Taya Parker. That's how we're introduced to her later. Right. Just to make sure we all know she's a penthouse pet. You can find her naked on the internet. Or in Um, magazines. Nobody reads magazines. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Go back to 1995, asshole. Magazines that you find on the train tracks. (laughs) Um. So, uh, okay. So now Sh- uh, Shane and Billy are squaring off in the ring, um, and everything oh, seems to be Oh, by the way, going. since this is from 2013, we're going to spoil the dick out of it. So be warned. Oh, that's right. Yeah, warned. About- I said warned. I was going to let it ride, but be warned. <laughs> um. So Billy in English, English. What? What? What am I talking about? I don't Billy know. Billy and Shane are. Squ- <laughs> oh, we're never going to <laughs> We're never going to get through this movie. <laughs> I'm still in the first scene. Billy and Shane are squaring off in the ring and everything seems to go according to plan, you know. This is this movie is operating on the assumption that matches are predetermined. Um, and Which we all know is not true. No. 
<laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> For those of you who are um, not in our Zoom call, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says wrestling's not fake. David Arquette. <laughs> yeah, at David Arquette. Um, okay. So they're going around and around and around and around and around and around. And, around. and then, um, let's see, Billy... No, Shane uh, gets Billy up into a tombstone pile driver and breaks his neck. Um, Billy is like kind of convulsing and spitting up in the middle of the ring. They take him away on a stretcher. And then you never actually see it, but he's just presumed dead later. I kept waiting Um, for the refs to throw up the X. That's what refs do when there's like a legitimate injury. I don't know, man. I didn't write the fucking thing. Well, maybe you should have. <laughs> yeah, because I'm totally the guy for that job. <laughs> um, so, uh, word of Billy's death starts to spread. Uh, and then his brother, Angus, who is Scottish for some reason. Um, and his, his, his brother is uh, played by uh, Ashton Amherst who's kind of, uh, well, he was in ECW for a while, wasn't he? Was he? Was he not? I I didn't recognize him. Well, he's a small-time wrestler. Uh, doesn't really have a lot of notoriety. But I can tell you this, he is not Scottish. But for some reason, he was in this. Um, and he had a very, very bad Scottish accent. It, his brother was not Scottish. And I don't... I can't reconcile that. <laughs> um, so Angus swears revenge um, on Shane, and he kidnaps a nurse from a hosp- from a hospital, ties her up in some weird basement, and then performs some. like some ritual on her where he basically like the the only thing you apparently need to do to summon some kind of demon is tie somebody down and cut their chest open and then take a bite out of their heart. That's all you have to do. He does it twice in this movie. That raises the dead. So yeah, so he kills this nurse and then he starts talking to Billy from beyond the grave who's apparently now his boss now or something. (laughs) Billy just shows up. He's in another room, but people can hear him for some reason. He's not like floating in the sky like Mufasa or anything. He's just (laughs) in another room. (laughs) And yet everyone can hear him talk. (laughs) It didn't make any sense. And his eyes are glowing. (laughs) So this... Nurse, she resurrects as a zombie. She um, is sent out into the world and starts um, attacking people, infecting them. Um, So let's see. See, so Angus meets with the um, the, uh, promoter who's just... He's the director. Like he's he's not playing any person. He's just playing himself. But now he's a wrestling promoter. 
Um, yeah. He's setting up. The, he's working with this guy to set up a match in an abandoned prison, and he's signing up all these old timers. And he's just like, so he, like he wants Shane to be there. That's like the number one thing. But he starts saying, well, you know, maybe I could get uh, Roddy Piper, and uh, I could get uh, Hacksaw, and I could even get you. Oh, oh! Um, he's like, yeah, I could get you uh, an Olympian, which is like, how many Olympians are professional wrestlers now? Um, yeah. And uh, then, yeah, he's like, I could get you uh, the penthouse, or says I give you the penthouse. Pet. Matt Hardy and his girlfriend Rebby Sky. Right. Yeah, so he's just listing off all these people. It's like, okay, so that's gonna who's gonna be in the movie then? Um, and I do like he's like I also have this neon ninja I need to get over the guy with the dreadlocks. Oh yeah, his name is Facade. He actually wrestled at Whack. Oh really? Yeah, I drove him to the airport. Oh wow. <laughs> hey, you know somebody that's been in a movie. <laughs> this movie. This movie. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of breeze through this because a lot of this movie doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's all really dumb. So basically he rounds up all these, Angus rounds up all these people, like operating very, very secretively behind the behind the, the shadows. You know, nobody knows really who's organizing this thing. But all these guys, they just get pile on a bus. It's like, yeah, fuck it. It's we got we got a match. Let's go. It's in a prison. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> so they all pile onto this bus and they go to this prison. And they walk in and like, there's like nothing there. There's like a ring set up, but not like nothing else is going on. There's no audience. There's no you know stage crew. Nothing there. And they're all just kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? And then suddenly all these zombies break loose into, into the building. And like, that's, that's just the rest of the movie is they're just fighting the zombies. There's like, there's like almost no story progression whatsoever. Um, mainly because there is no story. <laughs> um, like what you thought was going to be this thing. Like throughout the movie, there's this one element where it's like, you're trying to decide if Shane is a good guy, if he's a heel or a face. I got you. <laughs> um, and, uh, but he's like, he's such a shitty person. It's like, well, I mean, obviously he's an asshole. So like, what, why are you, why are you trying to toy with my emotions? But Angus killed his whole family. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Angus did zombify his, his entire family, including children. Um, but, uh, yeah, so now they're all just stuck in this prison trying to fight off this horde of zombies who like, let's, let's just accept, let's be real and accept that Dawn of the Dead has like the worst zombie makeup like in history. (laughs) Like it's hard to tell if Night of the Living Dead was worse because it was in black and white, but let's just say for argument's sake, that Dawn of the Dead was the worst. This is even worse than that. 
Like basically, they bad. painted people's face. It, they painted people's faces yellow, and just put like random gashes and blood on their face. Yeah, it's like that's fine for like a zombie walk or something. But <laughs> if you're gonna be doing like a feature length film, maybe you should put a little more effort into it. Like you know, that 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 picture that I think we both have on our Facebook of that zombie walk we went to. Like that makeup that I spent maybe an hour total on, like for both of us, looked better than the shit in this. Yeah. And it's like hard to even tell that they're zombies because they they're like they're 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 not they're not slow shambling zombies, but they're not even like like rage zombies because they're dead, but they run around and do wrestling know. moves. And they do wrestling moves and they fuck around with people too. It's like, just like, yeah, who's going to fucking do these ring punches instead of just biting? Because that's what zombies do. They bite. They don't punch people. In a movie called pro wrestlers versus zombies, you're expecting that there's going to be some wrestling moves, but you think they're going to come from the wrestlers, <laughs> which they do. They do. Kurt but, Angle puts a zombie in an ankle lock and rips his foot off. And like, they kept putting zombies in sleeper holds. Yeah, I'm like, sleeper the, holds. zombies don't breathe. They don't need oxygen. Yeah. And somebody did like a, um, uh, like a neck breaker. It's like, and, but it, it, they didn't like do it with the intention that you might actually want to like harm somebody. They did it as if they would have done it in the ring. <laughs> And, and it's like Angus, Angus and a zombie nurse put a 3D on a guy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who is famous for carrying around a 2x4, kills absolutely zero zombies with this 2x4. Like, what's the point? <laughs> And not once, not once, mind you, did he give us a ho. Nope. Not once. No, not once. Um, and Matt Hardy is just a piece of shit throughout the entire he is movie. A total asshole. <laughs> like him and Rebby are just fucking the whole time. They're just all right. over each other. And like, isn't he like an asshole in real life? I don't think so. No? I thought I heard that he's just a kind of a prick to work with. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you got, you know, Jeff's a drug addict, so there's that. But right. I heard Matt's just like an asshole, like a self-important asshole. <laughs> and that, like, that crazy thing he's doing now isn't entirely an act. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing really important that happens in this entire movie. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know what what I'm trying to think of like something that's worth mentioning, but it all so just kind of blends together. Got, you've got this girl Sarah, who is she's she just got hired to do PR for this company. Is that what she was doing? Yeah, her marketing. Okay, because I I saw her come in to do an interview. But I didn't really catch exactly what she was doing. Yeah, I think she's 
trying to say if you made her marketing manager, then she could take them to the next level. Got it. And he was basically like, well, if you fuck me, I'll give you the job. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, no, dude, that's not how this works. Yeah. But then she ends up falling in love with Roddy Piper. Because who wouldn't? R.I.P. Roddy. The acting's not very good. No, which I like. My wife was unfortunate enough to be sitting next to me while I was watching it. And I was like, I don't understand why this is so bad because these guys, when they're like cutting promos or, you know, just working in the ring, they're, they're at least halfway decent actors. And in this, they're absolute shit. (laughs) Honestly, Roddy's probably the best actor in the whole movie. And that includes people who are actors. Right. <laughs> well, it's because he's got that experience with They Live. And was That's he the true. maniac yet? 2013? I don't think so. No. That's his best character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck your $15 copay. <laughs> <laughs> He was so good at that. Like, like he was like believably crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. That was 2009. Okay, well. So he did have experience being the maniac. Yeah. And then he anyway. died in 2015. One love. He died on my birthday. That sucks. Even people who aren't wrestlers do wrestling moves. Like Sarah, the the marketing girl, she does monkey flips several times. (laughs) Can we talk about how weird the movie? Go ahead. I was saying, can we talk about how weird the end of the movie was? (laughs) Shane. Sarah and Piper are standing on this hill and um, Angus surrounded by his horde of zombies who don't kill him, by the way. He's their maker or whatever, so he's immune to zombies. Sure. That's how zombies work. He's all of a sudden just like Shane deserves to die. And all of a sudden Shane, who is no longer covered in blood is all of a sudden on a bridge and his family members start coming at him one by one. (laughs) And he just murders all of them, including his young nephew, who was like 10. He breaks his fucking neck. Then Rowdy beats his mother to death death with a bat. (laughs) And Roddy beats his mother to death. (laughs) And then... So once Rowdy and what's her face? Um, Sarah. Sarah start getting like an upper hand somehow. And like Shane, he's been tied to a flagpole or like chained to a flagpole by Angus and he got eaten by zombies. So he's dead. Um, and it's like, you know, good fucking riddance. The whole movie was about him up to this point, but he's dead now. Um, so these zombies... It's like somehow she, uh, Rowdy and, and Sarah get the upper hand on these zombies. 
And so Angus is like, I need more power. And then Billy who <laughs> and shows Billy, up. Billy Bufasses and is like, okay. <laughs> He's just, granted. <laughs> it's like, and if then you had more extra zombies power, start coming out of the ground. They were Civil War soldiers. Because <laughs> this is in West Virginia. Because those Civil War soldiers were just, yeah. I thought it was in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. West Virginia. Everybody in this is from Pittsburgh. Angle <laughs> well, even like says Schittsburg. at one point, he says, us Pittsburghians know how to kill the undead. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. I was so glad he wasn't in this long. Um, but yeah, so like, <laughs> so Angus says, I need more power. And Billy shows up like as a fabrication and he's like, granted. And then all these civil war soldiers start coming back to life because apparently they just left civil war soldiers on like this random hill. Cause that's sure. how things work. And they're still like intact. They're not like skeletal remains. But what is confounding me is like, hey, Billy, if you had that extra power this whole time, why didn't you just give it to him in the first place? Right? I can only anyway. dole it out in small doses. <laughs> we'll see how you do with that little bit first. <laughs> and then, then like... Sarah and Rowdy, they start kicking more ass, but then they, I don't know, they split up and they start getting attacked by different hordes. And so Rowdy's kind of doing his thing, you know, punching zombies in the face because why not? <laughs> and, and then putting them in sleeper holds. <laughs> and then Sarah, she's like, she's, she's like on the ground. She's being held down by multiple zombies. And instead of biting her, they just start like, like, like fondling her or something, and like dancing around her. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and she's just sitting there, like Rowdy, Rowdy, and Rowdy's off doing his thing because Rowdy's busy. So, like, suddenly she manages. He's to kicking get ass up. and chewing bubble gum. <laughs> right. Uh, he manages, or she manages to get up somehow. Like nothing changes about her situation. Just suddenly she no. is ha she's able to get up. And right. the very next scene, she's up and fighting <laughs> facade uh, facade zombie. So she starts kicking ass and like hitting these zombies with a machete. I don't know where the machete came from. Just suddenly she had it. Like seriously, one second she she was just standing there, and then like they were in the like they were just in this room in the prison and. Like, they're all like, what do we do? What do we do? And then suddenly she comes out as, like, this badass leader, and she's got a machete in her hand. Like, Where the fuck did that come from? There's so many weird things about this pr uh, supposedly abandoned prison. It's like, at one point, Rowdy's fighting zombies in the kitchen, and there's just shit in the kitchen. Like, it hasn't been abandoned. There's a coconut in the sink. <laughs> Why is there That's... a coconut in the sink? 
I, Why I think was there that was an homage in the prison to begin with. I think it was it was just there to be to do an homage because Piper hit Jimmy Snooker with a coconut. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Anyway, so Rowdy finishes what he's doing, and then he goes and helps Sarah, but not before she gets bitten, mind you. So she's fucked, or is she? Because then Rowdy kills Angus, and apparently that like ends it. Like suddenly she's not going to turn into a zombie anymore. Well, first they kill the nurse because they realize that the nurse is is like the 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 OZ, the original zombie. <laughs> and if you cut the head off the snake, the body will die. So if you kill right. the original zombie, the rest of the horde will just collapse and die. So yeah, then Angus has no protection, and Billy couldn't help him anymore apparently. <laughs> so Roddy just killed him, and he's like, "Oh, Billy." <laughs> Yeah, and so they're standing there celebrating and making out underneath the American flag, which is just waving in the wind. It's like, what is fucking going on here? Dude, that was so fucking hokey. And it kept, like, they kept reframing the, that, too. It's like they kept, like, doing, like, this dramatic pan up to where he's just, like, it's like a low angle, and he's just standing there under the flag. It's like, what the fuck is this? Fucking America. America. <laughs> We fight zombies here in America. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that that's the movie. Like, honestly, it feels like I just kind of breezed through it, but we didn't really miss anything. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. It's uh, it's not a good movie. Um, <laughs> nothing about it's good. You literally, you literally took the words right out of my mouth, including the exact same cadence. <laughs> Like, you know, when you make a movie, at some point along the way, you think that this movie is good and, you know, it has some real potential, or you think this movie is dog shit and it's not going anywhere. When you got this movie here, you should really assess why why you're continuing. It's like, at some point you should say, you know what, this is not worth the effort. And I feel like there should have been multiple Why? points along the way for this movie where somebody should have said that somebody should have said that. So here's my thought. If you take away the end, take out some of the absolutely awful dialogue. So bad. Maybe either give a reason or remove the fact that they're in an abandoned prison. And there's, there's a basic, shell of us of a zombie movie here not a but good then you one add in i mean it's you know it's a zombie movie they're all pretty formulaic pro wrestlers versus zombies it's something new at least but then you've got this shitty fucking dialogue being delivered by these shitty fucking actors like honestly the wrestlers were better actors than the people who were actors yeah and, and then the who ending was that is just dickhead in the golden trunks. Uh, apparently, I'm looking uh, on, on Wikipedia. He's a porn actor turned wrestler. Okay. Named Matthew Rush. Uh huh. Never heard of him. 
I was looking at him and I was like, that guy has the look of a wrestler. So I wonder if he's a worker, but I, I guess he was. But Said he was in a motion picture called Another Gay Movie. <laughs> oh, he's also in one called Hori Potter and the Sorcerer's Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Voldemortcock was his character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So I'm gonna guess that he is, it was a, a, a gay porn actor. I don't know, but he won six Grabby Awards. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think that there would be multiple awards for porn. Well, he won two for best versatile performer in the same year somehow. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Wait. He only has five Grabbies and two Gavien awards. <laughs> so he has a Gavien and a Grabby for best versatile performer. He has a Grabby oh for Best Newcomer and Best Solo. That's one award. <laughs> he has one, one Grabby for Best Duo. One Grabby for Hottest Ass. <laughs> and he is in the Grabby Awards Hall of Fame. Of course. When you win that, win that many Grabbies, they put you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Especially when you're a versatile performer. <laughs> what does that even mean in porn? It's not even most versatile. It's best versatile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, anyway. Oh, apparently he was also in a gay zombie porn. Oh, good. So this wasn't a far reach. That, that must have been the springboard for this. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, on September 19th, 2017, he was arrested in Florida because Florida man uh, for possession and use of drug paraphernalia and possession of methamphetamine. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, so th yeah, that's the movie. It's like, like we said, it's not good. There, there's no redeeming qualities about this, in my opinion. Um, See, I don't know about that. Apparently, this was partially funded through Kickstarter, which just blows my mind. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know, but like, I wonder how, how, partially. I wonder how people got roped into this. Because <laughs> if I would have seen this, I would have been like, that is not going to be good. Especially like, oh my god, the picture. The picture on their Kickstarter is terrible. They raised $30,000. Really? Of their 30000 goal. So they beat their goal. Wow. And then Roddy Piper asked for 20000 of it. <laughs> they were like, shit. Let's see. Um, let's see. If you pledge $750, sorry, if you pledge $500, you get to do a day as a background zombie. $750, you get to be a featured zombie. Oh. 
And for $1,500, you get to be a featured zombie and guaranteed to be killed on screen. So there's that. It's kind of cool. Anyway. <laughs> I will say this- there there were like massive hordes. Like if you're going to do a zombie movie, you have to have these big hordes of zombies. And this one had big hordes of zombies in a small place. Right. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, this was, this is like one of those movies where you just, just don't, just don't do it. <laughs> um, but they did it anyway. Um, I give it a I would give it a one. Like <laughs> I can't think of anything I liked about this. Like I said, I think it has it has the bones of a good story, but it needed another pass on the script, and it definitely needed a different ending, and it definitely needed better dialogue. Also, the the fact that how do you not have Jim Duggan killing zombies with a two by four? Yeah. And also, he got done so dirty. Yeah, he he's the only zombie that got killed by his own 2x4. <laughs> right, Ra- Rowdy kills him with his own 2x4. Yeah, by throwing it at him. He didn't even hit him with it, he just threw it at him. Right. Yeah, he, like, there's, like him and Shane are stuck in a room together. And uh, Rowdy's like, you know... You- uh, you know me, and you know if if I don't make it out of this, I need you to tell, you know, so and so. You mean my wife? You know my wife, and I, I need you to tell her that I love her. Okay, you know you're you're my brother. You know all this like fraternal stuff between two wrestlers, and then Shane fucking takes off and locks him in the room <laughs> to be eaten by zombies. Yeah, it's like that was like the turning point when you knew that Shane was an asshole because he didn't have to. No. He had enough time to let Duggan in. Yeah. And you just, you don't do Jacksaw that way. Nah, man. <laughs> like I said, I think there was a story here, but it got lost somewhere. <laughs> Plus, you know, I'm just a mark. I'm, I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm not recommending anyone go see it. Other than just for sheer novelty of watching a movie full of pro wrestlers battling zombies. It is free on Prime, though. Is it? Fuck. You paid for it? Two dollars. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a two. All right. So up next is a 2020 film. That was mostly, if not completely, funded on either Kickstarter or Indiegogo called Powerbomb. Here we go, Matt Cross. That's what we paid for. What you're doing is real. Listen, I talked to a friend who works for the bigger Fed. String together a couple more of those performances like you did up there. We're talking 100,000 at the big show. Matt Cross! Obviously, I'm a huge fan. Back off, all right? Yeah, that's cool. Yep, too much, dude. This is why no one likes you. I don't have a choice! Everything 
is going to be fine. You're with me now. Where is he? Matt, he's on the road. Did you hear from him? No. I didn't know you had company. Time to end your little game make-believe. Let me go! You don't have what it takes to make it to prime time, not without me. You don't know what it means to sacrifice for family, to really sacrifice. You've always had my back and I've always had yours. Woo! You wanna bring the heat? I'm gonna bring the meat. Let's start cooking! All I have is wrestling. Now, I have you. Okay, Powerbomb tells the story of a real-life independent wrestler, Matt Cross. People who watch... Uh, the old backyard wrestling videos or played the old backyard wrestling video game might remember him as M dog 20. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. I didn't know it was the same guy or anyone who watched Lucha underground might remember him as son of havoc. He's, he's kind of a big deal on the Indies. People know him. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. We start out watching him wrestle other Real-life independent wrestlers, Gregory Iron, and Big Dick Justice. Okay. (laughs) Right off the bat, I will say the sound design during the match was pretty awful. Yeah. It's just ambient crowd noise the whole time. Mm -hmm. There's no, no big pops for big moves, no booing when people are doing something heelish. You, you can see the wrestlers talking to each other, not like talking covertly, but like, like, like talking trash, right. but you can't hear it. That was a little disappointing. Once that ends, Cross goes in the back. The boys are telling him, oh, man, you're hot. You're going to be the next big thing. Everybody loves you. Let's go out and party. Let's celebrate. Cross is like, I don't do that. I'm married. I got a kid. His name is Cash for some reason. The, the boys even make fun of him. They're like, I can't believe your wife, your wife, let you name him Cash. <laughs> that's that's when you know that your kid's name is stupid. It's when your friends have no issue dogging on you for a stupid name. <laughs> yeah. So we're introduced to Cross's shithead agent who is just he keeps telling him you gotta you gotta make it big you gotta sign this deal you gotta get a prime time go to vegas go to florida maybe even japan and then come to find out that his agent has already signed a deal on his behalf with a major promotion who's fronting him money and his agent is skimming it right and the booker for this major company is NXT champion Adam Cole, baby. All right. Yeah, like, I can only assume that a lot of people in this are into indie guys. Um, but, like, I don't recognize any of them. Yeah. I don't think there's actually that many, but his wife's friend is she's in AEW. Oh, okay. 
Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Okay. Not just a gimmick. She actually is a dentist. Oh. She opted for wrestling, huh? She does both. Oh. Well, good for her. It's good to have a hobby. That guy, Adam Cole, is her boyfriend. Got it. So this Matt Cross super fan comes up to him on the phone and they're talking, you know, him and his wife are fighting about money. She's saying, you got to go big time so we can pay the mortgage. I'm I'm just a lowly nurse. (laughs) 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 And several times throughout this movie, multiple people, she used to be a wrestler and she retired um, when she had cash. And several times people tell her, you need to stop. Stop being a nurse and get a reliable job like professional wrestler. <laughs> right. Yeah, what uh is this guy uh Solomon, the the agent? Yeah. Like he th- tosses her so much shit. He's like like I created you. And I created your shithead husband. Yeah. And now you owe me. Yeah. And then her friend What's her name? Kelsey she tells her the same thing. She says, we used to tag together. It was great. We were going to be amazing. You were going to be the next superstar. But no, you had to settle for being a nurse. <laughs> it's like, not only not only is that good money, but it's also like a very reputable job. Stable. Yeah. So, yeah, Cross meets the super fan and he... he he says, I love everything you do. I know you're going to be this next big superstar, and I, I, I can't wait to follow your career. And this whole time, Cross is on the phone, and he's, he's, you know, he's saying, one, one minute, I'm on the phone with my wife. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's cool. I'm sorry. And next thing you know, this guy jumps him in the parking lot, jams a needle full of Thorzine in his neck, and throws him in the trunk of his car. So Cross wakes up the next day. He's chained in this guy's basement or garage or whatever it is. Did did you happen to notice the boxes that were all around? Yeah. Porno and sausage. (laughs) And there was one that said farts. I didn't see that one. (laughs) Just just a big box of farts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was like mom's knickknacks and porno. And then, like, I just kept sausage. staring at that box of sausage. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, oh, so that's where you keep your sausage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, warm garage. Got to age it. Got to age it first. <laughs> yeah. So, the super fan, he, he kidnaps Cross. It's not one of these things where he thinks wrestling is real and, you know, and crosses a face. So it's not like he's, you know, trying to get back at him. He just says, I'm your biggest fan. I know you can make it, but you can't make it without me for whatever reason. (laughs) He tells him, I'm going to help you train and make it to the next level and be a champion. And my, because his mom has cancer and she gave up or something. So he doesn't want cross to give up or something. His mom was like, so unnecessary to the story. <laughs> yeah. But there was so much focus on her. 
it's like I kept waiting for something to pop up. It's just like, why do we care about the mom? Yeah, you never see her. You hear her voice on this baby monitor that this yeah. guy Paul is carrying around. And she's always like, I need my medicine! <laughs> it's like Zelda and Pet Cemetery. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get into spoiler territory, so that's about as far as I can go with the story. I don't... I don't understand this movie. <laughs> no. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not, it's not really a horror. No. It's, we've, we've seen this super fan idea several times. Swim fan, the fanatic, uh, that, that one with, uh, uh, John Travolta. Oh yeah. The, the one directed by Fred Durst. <laughs> right. I don't understand this guy's motives. I, I don't know. And there's like this thing at the end where it's supposed to be like some kind of reveal and I don't really get it. And they didn't explain it at all. No. But. And <laughs> you, you've got this shitty agent. He doesn't really care about Matt. He starts yelling at Amy, Matt's wife. He says, if he doesn't show up, then you're going to show up because I promised them that they're going to get to see a cross wrestle. And that doesn't really make any sense. Who's who's the antagonist? Is it Paul? Is it the agent? There's these side stories, which it doesn't really flow together. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> and like, like Paul's motives don't make any sense. Um, and like his, his agenda doesn't make any sense. Um, and it, like, you know, this is supposed to be, it, it, first of all, the cover of like the, the poster of this is like the most misleading thing. The one like with the guy in the mask with the machete. Yeah. It's like, there's, yeah. I mean, for starters, there's no machete at any point during this movie. Um, and yeah, that guy holding the machete, that's not even a character. So I don't understand. And like, it, it really, I mean, the name and the poster and even the characters and, you know, the people playing the characters would lead you to believe that this movie is about wrestling. And it's, it's really not like it could have been about anything. It could have been about yeah. baseball. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I mean, we've seen this super fan story used in different sports before. Yeah. And it's like the the element of wrestling was almost non-existent in this movie. Like there are mentions of it. Yeah. But it's and like never... Cross is a wrestler. Yeah. But that's like, like what I'm saying. He could have been anything. It yeah. could have been an, an, an athlete of any kind or a celebrity of any kind because it just wouldn't have really mattered about him being a wrestler. But the rest, but the whole theme, the whole s- setup of this movie was predicated on a, a wrestling environment and the wrestling environment was like non-existent. <laughs> so I just don't get what the point was. Yeah. 
And like I said, I don't understand what Paul's motives are because he kept saying, I'm a fan. So it's not like Cross did anything to hurt him, but he keeps saying, you can't be a champion without me. You need me. But he doesn't want to be his manager, his agent, or his valet, or anything like that. So I don't really know what he wants. Does he want to train him? Yeah, he keeps saying like, like every day he'll come in and he's got you know got him chained to a wall, and every day he'll come in and give him pizza and and coke, and say, okay, we're gonna start training today, and then they just sit down and talk. And Paul likes to use his hands, but like too much, where it's like distracting. Yeah, it's like I'm Italian. I use like he my has hands, to do jumping but- jacks. He has yeah. to do jumping jacks at one point, and that's the only thing he does as far as any kind of training. Right. And, like, calling that training is, uh, like, such a, a, a stretch of the definition. Yeah. Um, you know, this movie is an hour and a half, which, when you've got something that's moving at a snail's pace, is very long. Yeah. Um, but it's, like... I feel like this story, in order to fit something like tangible and and relevant into it, you like you needed another fifteen twenty minutes of movie. Yeah, I mean, but it's like I don't I don't think I would have made it through it. There's parts of it that don't really make any sense. Her her best friend is her former tag team partner. What's the relevance of that? What what was the relevance of that character? Yeah. Why was she like even in you, this? If you wanted to have Britt Baker in it, why not have Britt Baker play the wife? Sure. And it's like at one point she's like, so she was uh, she was Amy's tag team partner. She's friends with Amy and Matt. She's Cash's babysitter. She had to retire early because she fucked up her leg. Fine. And then she like, at one point, but. That's fine. That's like for for a minimal amount of backstory for a background character. That's fine. But they kept bringing her back like she was going to be more involved in the story, but they never actually developed the character. And at one point, she's like getting hammered in her bathroom. And she calls the Solomon guy and saying that she wants to get involved in in, in wrestling again in some capacity. And then says, "You know what? No, never mind." And hangs up, and then starts drinking more. It's like, yeah, what? What was that? Why did you even include that scene? Yeah, it's like, how much did that cost production to film that scene? <laughs> it added nothing to the character or the story. Yeah, and that's just like one example of something from this movie, where it's just like, what? Why did you even do that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for gore, if you're expecting like a saw kind of thing, this ain't it. If you're looking for pop out scares, this ain't it. Yeah. If you're looking for a super tension moments, this ain't it. Or you know, cohesive plot, this ain't it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I. I think these are first-time filmmakers. That would make sense. Which, yeah, if that's the case, then it's not. Then it's not bad with that caveat. But it's 
it definitely almost feels like a short short story that got stretched out into a feature. There's a lot of scenes that just kind of seem like they're there to fill time. Yeah. Which is so weird to me because there's so much missing. Like I said, in order to round out the story to where it probably should have been, you, you needed another 15, 20 minutes of a film. But there was so much that could have been thrown away and replaced by scenes that actually mattered. Yeah. So I definitely would have liked to have gotten a better sense of what Paul's motives were, what exactly he wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Cause it almost just seemed like he just wanted cross as like his own human action figure. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed that way. And if, if that's the case, that's, that's a fine motive, but that needed to be it flushed out a little more. Yeah. It, 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 it seemed like he was trying to make him better somehow, but yeah, there was like nothing to that. There, there's no consistency to it. Right. Anyway. Yeah. His motives almost seemed like they changed day to day. One day he was mad at him and the next day he wanted him to be better. And the next day he didn't want him to give up. Although that never seemed like it was a thing that Matt Cross was going to do. Yeah. Anyway. But I mean, it is well made. It's well shot. The cinematography is um, is well done. It's much better acted than pro wrestlers versus zombies. That's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the cinematography, um, to a lesser extent, the lighting. It was actually pretty well lit for an independent film. Um. You know, I, it almost doesn't seem fair for me to make comparisons to like they reach and like our production value comparing to other movies because they reach was like a passion project from people who have been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we had somebody like James behind the camera, you know, knowing, you know, knowing how to tailor lights to make every scene look great. And not everybody has that, especially in independent films. So I try to not make, I try to not draw very straight pointed um, correlations between that, I guess. Um, Because I know not all productions are made the same. Yeah. I mean, this is very bright for a horror movie. Like behind behind cross where he's chained up, there's all these Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. So it's very bright all the time, which is not what you would expect. Yeah. And a lot of daylight uh, shots too. Yeah. Outside of, you know, with, with other characters, there's not a lot of nighttime scenes. Yeah. I didn't think it was terrible, but uh, it definitely, I feel like it could have been fleshed out a little more. Yeah. I guess that's the the basis of my review is that it's 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 got a good foundation, but it definitely seemed a little seemed a little stretched thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was all in all it was better than Pro Wrestler vs. Zombies, but still had a lot to be desired. That's a low bar. Oh, sure. 
<laughs> I'm going to give it a four. Um, I think I could give it a three. It's, uh, okay. it's not great, but it's not, it's not the worst thing I've seen. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, did you, that's going to do it. Did here. you watch the, the, the credits with all the Kickstarter names? I do not. You might've seen one Max Zaleski. <laughs> That, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told him that we were watching this and he was like, oh, I backed out on Kickstarter. And I was like, of course you did. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wonder what he thinks of this. Ah, I wonder if he's seen it. Seems like as a backer, he would have, but, but who knows? Anyway, so that's going to do it for the show, guys. Um, thanks for joining us on this fantastic episode I, I hope it comes fantastic out okay fantastic voyage <laughs> me too because we had a lot of technical issues I gotta figure out why my internet connection is so sh- like shit back here and get it fixed maybe get one of those relays that like boosts the signal yeah the the uh, the Google whatever or yeah something something of the like right anyway that would be most um, good most good anyway so that's gonna do it for here do it us that's gonna do it that's gonna do us baby (laughs) that's gonna do us from here that's what he said guys thanks Taylor that's gonna do it for us here today that's what I was trying to say but the good news is that we'll be back in a couple of weeks, guys, with a brand spanking new episode for y'alls. Uh, Taylor, what are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching porno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be watching the movie porno <laughs> as well as The Lodge. The law. The Lodge. The Lodge. The Porno the Lodge. Loge. The Lodge. The Loads? The Lodge. Pumping Loads. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Porno. Yeah, Porno's the new Fangoria joint. So that'll be fun. It better be. Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Satanic Panic was pretty good. It was all right. We'll see. But that's going to be in a couple weeks, guys. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcast, as long as that place isn't Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. If you'd like to contribute to the show monetarily, you can head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Yeah. So... We'll see you again in a couple weeks, guys. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>